previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. So how much crap do you get being a meteorologist and stuff like that? Because can you go into, if my phone says there's a 50-50 chance of rain, can you just, what is that? How do you determine these numbers as far as percentages? It's funny you ask that, because this is one of the reasons why I don't tell people I'm a meteorologist. (laughs) I always tell them, oh, I, I do computer work. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Hey, Simon's back. Hey. Chuck and Roxy here. How's everyone doing, Littles? Welcome back. How's it going, Simon? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just, you know, been watching the Olympics, uh-huh. you know, just enjoying that. Yeah. 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 That's about nice. it. It's my whole life at the moment. Same. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got lots to get into. We've got some emails definitely to get into. And should we go softball first? Let's save the softball for last. So, oh, God. Let's save the softball for never. <laughs> you know. Simon, you love softball. You love softball. I do. I do. I just know where this is going. So, you know. <laughs> I promise not to rant too much. I mean, in all seriousness, we've got some great feedback, both pro and con. And hey, I'll read the good stuff. I'll read the bad stuff. We'll get there. Let's start. uh, Actually, we had a, I think it was an email text, whatever, from Christopher Genini. We sure did. He says, okay, there's been too many people answering this question on the pod wrong, and I feel it must be addressed. How has no one picked Uncle Phil's big ass mansion as the TV house they'd most like to live in? Anyways, had to throw my two cents in. Hope you all are doing well. All right. Well, <laughs> I love that. I so, love that so much. Now, Simon, well, first things first, we've had some actually guests from way back when chime in every once in a while. And I think they're a little jealous because, you know, we said this was a learning experience for us too. We didn't have these other great questions. We, right. You know, they're answering crunchy or smooth peanut butter <laughs> and they're like what the heck man how come i didn't get these good questions you'll just yeah. have to come back on yeah you'll have to come back yeah. on simon have you ever answered that question do you know what that question is crunchy versus smooth no yeah no, no, uh, no, no, no. gotta not... say crunchy okay that's well that's yeah. great okay that's not the Ugh. one i was talking about though no if you could live in any tv home what would it be yeah, yeah. No, i haven't answered this question i've been wanting to though okay um, now mind you that it can be just the house or you can have, have the like family the come experience. with you the full experience we think that's more fun, actually. No you pressure. You mean I can bring my family with me? No, no. no. Well, I mean, you could. But no, well, no, like we're the, saying like... like the, if you said the Brady Bunch family, you can either have just the house or you can have it with all of the Brady Bunch yeah. involved. I don't think you'd want that many people no. living with you personally. No. But no. It's a really... It's a great, great question. Well, I thank but you. But I'm going to go with Rick and Morty. What? We've had a lot of that, I feel like. Yeah, but that was a cartoon, right? That doesn't oh, matter. Oh, that's not allowed? No, no, I'm not saying... But that that's the answer we always get for that is what... What cartoon oh, would you want to be? Right, what cartoon? Right. Oh, well, but I, I mean, can that's you imagine fun? being in that house? Like, that's crazy. Okay, full disclosure, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I, I, oh, I've you ne- haven't seen Rick and Morty? Not no. really. No. Wow. Okay. I have no doubt that there are some listeners that are equally obsessed with it. It is <laughs> oh, no, brilliant. We've- We've had numerous, like I said, there's another question that says, what cartoon character would you want to be for a week? And they've picked both yeah. of them. They've picked both of them right. at various yes. times. So, so you got, you got to watch it. Yeah. It's something else. It's something else. Okay. Okay, but this answer, I mean, Uncle Phil's big ass mansion. Yeah, he's, he's got absolutely. a good point. And also, FYI, Littles, I just YouTubed. My favorite episode is when 
original Vivian, the original Vivian. Oh, that's right. There were two uh, different ones. Goes to the dance class, does terrible, and then gets trained privately by this like really great dancer, comes in, nails her audition, and books the gig and snaps at the two women that were like, oh, you're terrible. That's like my favorite scene in the entire world of that show. And that show is awesome. Will Smith is so versatile. Love him. <laughs> Love him. Love Uncle Phil. Love Vivian. Well, I mean, great. Love the big ass mansion. Parents just don't understand. I mean, no, I mean, he's, he is so versatile. Yeah. I mean, he's a great yeah. actor. Yeah. Great rapper. Uh-huh. I mean, everything. Yeah. He's yeah. just great. He's cool. Yeah. All right. So now let's shift gears a little bit to, we got an email from Don Hammock and he says, I live less than 1.5 miles from Kessler Air Force Base in Biloxi where the hurricane hunters are based. They fly a couple times a day into storms to collect scientific data, pressure, temperature, humidity, wind speed, etc. One of the regrets of my journalism career is I never wrangled a flight with them. I'm no daredevil, so that should tell you how safe I consider their work to be. Now, mm. this was this blew my mind. This was news to me. Yeah. Simon, these people that it's a profession, they fly into the hurricanes. Yep. Yeah. I thought they just like flew, I don't know, maybe I, I guess over them was bad. They can't do that. But tornadoes you might be able to and drop like something. In. I don't know. I don't know how I thought they measured all these barometers and all this stuff. Mm. I just think it's not a good idea to be flying <laughs> into a hurricane. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Apparently, I was completely wrong. I admit it. They do it all the time. They do it all the time. It's a very yeah. safe thing. I did not realize. I mean. I'm still not doing it. I know Dr. Hoff not doing it. So <laughs> there's one more thing we have in common because... <laughs> <laughs> to me, it, it sounds like a death threat. I, it does. Now, they're saying it's safe. I, I can appreciate well, that. Probably but. when they first started trying to do this, it was very dangerous. But as technology has evolved and we have evolved scientifically, it's become more safe. I still think there's a level of risk to it. But I mean, there's a level of risk getting into a car and driving down the street. Well, so, of course. But my other question um, is, who's the first one to do it? Like, who who's the one that thought, oh, well, if I fly this plane into a hurricane, I can measure the pressure of some, you know, whatever. Yeah. You know, the wind speed mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just sounds, I'd like to see the planes too. I'll have to Google this because I'm very interested in this and I'd like to know like, are they clearly not just prop planes that they're flying? They no, can't. No, right. No. They, these have they're to be like souped yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And shifting gears one more. Now this one from Sully in Boston, sort of, he probably doesn't even remember he wrote this, <laughs> but we didn't see it. We just, I just came across this. It was very weird. I did not even know he wrote it. I think it's from like early July. And he says, well, it looks like Spotify has categorized the Loyal Littles podcast as a relationship podcast. I do not <laughs> recommend this podcast to anyone who is struggling in a relationship. So look, here's the story with that. <laughs> when you create on Anchor, you create the type, you know, the podcast, it asks you what's your podcast about. Right. Well, this is like the hardest podcast to describe to someone. It really is because only littles get it. But I thought, Oh, it's kind of, we're, we're building relationships. We're meeting the littles. So that was the best. Cause I mean, it's not, it's not a sports podcast. We don't just talk about sports. Although I wonder if it was categorized as that, if it would cause a little less confusion. I've had some, some interesting feedback from people that don't know who the littles are, the loyal littles are, but there's another, connotation for littles and oh yeah i didn't um, i didn't think that's really I, I did not realize that i don't think mr tony thought that through <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i wonder if he knows i don't know but it's but I, i've been questioned about a few things and i'm like absolutely not this is it's based on a sports writer so I, 
you know, but it, it doesn't fit into any well, they're one the bigs, we're the littles. Right. I don't know how much else you can say it. Now, it the, doesn't fit into one particular category. The, the I first, well, I, I, I can clear this up. Okay, this is the, my new segment, Simon's Sexcapades. So. <laughs> oh, god, <laughs> yeah, I know a couple of listeners that'll enjoy this. Go ahead. <laughs> I no, I'm not going any further. Okay. <laughs> right. yeah. Well, thanks for clearing that up. Simon. That'll be on our Patreon page. <laughs> whatever <laughs> happens. Um, okay. And uh, so let's get out of here <laughs> before we get into trouble. A eh? and just a quick shout out to Gary Stevens, our 800th follower. Wow. So oh, Gary. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's nice. kind of cool. That came out of nowhere. Actually, I just it we don't up. really have anything for you. Yeah. But- other than know. just well, we can send him a sticker. We got yeah, stickers. Shout out. He got a shout he out. He got a shout out. If you're listening. Yeah, seven hundred and ninety nine didn't get a shout out. Yeah, so. or a sticker. So <laughs> Yeah. So uh, they're gonna have to come on the podcast. Unless they yeah, but they probably haven't been on the show yet. And once again, we just want to remind everyone, you know, because someone suggested this to us, we we should shout out if you want to come on the podcast, all are welcome. I oh mean, yeah. People, we've been reaching out to a few. He's like, "Oh, I'm honored." Blah, blah. I'm like, "No nah, offense, please, no offense." <laughs> come on, jump on yeah, over. Just like, email yeah. us wtfcpodnet at gmail.com or tweet at us. Whatever, yeah. let us know you want to come on the podcast. We'd love to meet you. So that's what this is all about. So don't don't be shy, Mm-mm. and we'll get to you eventually. Absolutely. So, speaking of, let's get to our great meet the littles guest. Good segue, Chuck. It was that. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tiny Chuck couldn't do that. Nope. Is Tiny Chuck ever going to come back on the podcast? Nope. All right. I didn't think so. Anyway, we're, we're going to hear from him, I think. Yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, all you loyal littles. It's now time to meet the littles. We'll be right back. One eight seven seven. come to Lewis. Looks like lose, but pronounce Lewis. Hey, hey, hey. Shed from D.C. here, schwitzing like an Airedale and extending an invitation to join me for the Summer of Littles. Hope you'll stop by because I am breaking out the good china and it is only the best for my guests. We have three simple rules and of course they are in haiku form. The bathroom is the third tree on the right, so please don't forget to knock. There's a garden hose. So the unlimited drinks, they're on me, my friends. This is a potluck and I have got a sweet tooth. Desserts always work. Hope to see you on August 7th. Now, back to the show. This episode by an artist called What the Animals Say. And this song is called I'm Still in Love with You. And they write in, it was written and recorded while backpacking around India. How about that? I had a laptop guitar and small MIDI keyboard and so was able to record it in their hotel room. And it's from the album Hanoi Social Club. Now, if you like what you hear, they say they're most active on Bandcamp and Facebook. You can just search What the Animals say, that's two words, believe it or not. It is W-H-A-T-T-H-E, 
A-N-I-M-A-L-S-S-A-Y. And the album Hanoi Social Club can also be found on iTunes. And as always, we'll play the full song, I'm Still in Love with You, at the end of the podcast. It's now time to meet the Littles, and we have yet another fun one for you today. Roxy, we're excited about this one. Please welcome to the podcast, Jeff Kenton. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? We're, we're good. Now, yeah. we just found out off air, as we've said in the past, we, we do a little chit-chatty chit-chat before we start actually recording the podcast, and we just found out that you're a professional. Now, you've done multiple podcasts, you've said in the past, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've done a few, yeah, as guests. All right, so we're setting the bar high here. Yep. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Jeff, why don't you take a second, introduce yourself to the Loyal Littles, and tell us all something about yourself. Yeah, my name is uh, Jeff Kenton. I have had a couple of emails read on the air. It was a couple years ago, though. At that time, I was Jeff Kenton from Towson, Maryland. I've since moved. I'm now Jeff Kenton from Elkton, Maryland. If you want to find Elkton in Maryland, just go up to the far upper right corner where it, uh, Maryland touches Pennsylvania and Delaware, and that's where Elkton is. So ah. my day-to-day job is I'm a college professor at Towson University's College of Education. Oh, wow! we're in trouble, Roxy. <laughs> Can we go all the way back? Where did you grow up? Oh, I grew up in South Dakota, Mitchell, South Dakota. Oh. Uh, if you've ever heard of the Corn Palace, then that's the main reason why people come to Mitchell, South Dakota. There's also the International Doll Museum that's across the street that several people have heard of. But otherwise, it's a town about an hour west of Sioux Falls, which is the largest town. You can find Sioux Falls at the intersection of I-90 and I-29. Mm-hmm. Go west from there about 70 miles and you'll find Mitchell. I actually like Sioux Falls. Are you a fan? I didn't like Sioux Falls when I was growing up because that's where, you know, there were a couple of schools there that we were in competition with. Oh, okay. But uh, Makes sense. Sioux Falls was the place to go if you wanted to do anything yeah. that, you know, Mitchell wasn't by South Dakota standards, wasn't a super small town, but it was like 13,000 when I was there. Oh, okay. And Sioux Falls was closer to 100. So sure. if you wanted to do stuff, Sioux Falls was where you wanted to go. Yeah, so That's where we would play the tours that would go through. Yeah, um, sure. Now, going back real quick. Now, for those of us that don't know, because I, I really don't, you said Corn Palace. Is that like a corn maze? Is that? No, no. Oh, it's, a, it's a community center in oh. Mitchell. It's on Main Street. It's about the size of a city block, I guess. Not a Manhattan city block, but yeah, a, yeah. probably 200 feet square, 200 feet on a side. And the reason it's called the Corn Palace is that there are billboard-sized placards on the outside that are decorated with field corn. They call it, they used to call it Indian corn. I don't know if that's problematic yeah. right now, but field corn can have several different colors mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. white to yellow to light red to dark red. And there's a person that gets hired to design the murals on the outside of the building every year. Oh, wow. And then inside is a 3,000-seat auditorium. It's where all the high school basketball games, and there's a college in town, too. They have their basketball games there as well. 
And then in late August is Corn Palace Days. They'll have some people you've heard of uh, will come and play shows there for a week. For example, uh, when I was a kid, Red Skelton was there. And um, oh. I think Roy Clark was there when I was a real little oh, kid. Wow. Louis Anderson. But they're not like tip-top A-listers, but they're people that you've heard of. And, well, it also uh, sounds like at one point they were. And then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know. No, I get it. It's like going to the county fairs later in life right. and stuff like that. So, so can we go back to the mural, though? So I'm picturing them using the corn and depending on the ear of corn and, and where the other colored pieces of corn are on the ear, do they like create pictures and stuff out of this? Yeah. If you're familiar with paint by numbers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. What they do is the artist in residence designs the mural on tar paper and lays out the design with chalk. And there are, I think there are four or five shades of color that the cobs can come in. And so the artist will lay out and identify by number which shade goes in which area. Wow. And then the people who apply the corn cobs, they cut them in half lengthwise so that you have like an flat. eight foot wide, yeah. but half of a circle mm -hmm. of corn. And then they attach them with long brads, you know, those real thin nails. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they're... Yeah, there are corn cobs that are attached to tar paper that's on thick plywood that mm -hmm. is the size of like a, a roadside billboard. Yeah, yeah, like a billboard. Wow, that's I, I'm picturing that's this. I, we're going to have to Google this, Roxy, yeah. because this sounds yeah. really cool. And I bet some of them come out. Now, are they themed at all or can the person oh, yeah. they hire, they can be anything or what? It's a great question. On the inside, they have this of similar murals, but they don't change. And the ones outside, they update them every year to go along with the theme that they've chosen for Corn Palace Week, whatever it is. Wow. So I think if you go to a website and look at the Corn Palace, you'll see one that has Willie Nelson on the outside. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. That's so neat. Yeah, so it's it's similar to that. They, go, they do design them by theme, mm -hmm. and it usually features someone who's going to play there for that Corn week. Palace Week. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely have to Google that, and we'll put some pictures up maybe when this episode airs. Now, sure. you kind of said, and it made me giggle a little bit because I've kind of played some of those towns. Now, you said there's basically one street, and it's called Main Street, and across the street <laughs> is the Doll Museum. Is that what you call it? Well, Mitchell's bigger than one street. I, okay. I don't mean to put it down. but No, it's but not putting Main it down street. necessarily. It's just calling it what it is, you know? On Main Street, uh, there's the Corn Palace, and then across the street is, they used to call it the International Doll Museum. I don't know if it's still in that location or not, mm. but um, it is literally across the street. Wow. And do you get back often, or you haven't been back in a while? or You know, it's, it's interesting. My family and my dad's brother's family lived in Mitchell when I was growing up, and then everyone from my family left Mitchell, and then eventually recombined in Ames, Iowa, and then I moved out here to Maryland in 2002. So my parents, my mom and dad, don't live in South Dakota anymore, but gotcha. my uncle's family still does. Oh, yeah. neat. So were you there through high school? Yeah, I was there until ninth grade. Then we moved first to Southwest Iowa. That's where I graduated from high school. And then went to college at the University of Iowa. And then went to grad school at Iowa State. And then you got out. Like, what happened? Where did, where did you, how did, what was next? 
Well, in 2002, I was hired by Towson University's oh, okay. College of Education. I came out to become a, an assistant professor, and I spent seven years as a professor, then seven years as the assistant dean in the dean's office. Whoa. And then since 2016, I've been a professor again. So. Oh, wow. Okay. And what do you teach? I teach educational technology. And when people hear that, they immediately ask the next question, which <laughs> is what's that? And the, um, you don't know me. What are you talking about? Just because I had it written down here. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Okay, so when everybody went into pandemic lockdown and started doing remote teaching with uh, Zoom or Meet or whatever tool they might have used, Skype. all those things like <laughs> using the video conferencing to teach and doing online synchronous activities, that's yeah. all educational technology. There's a lot more to it. Uh, there's a lot of other different ways you can apply it. But everybody became intimately aware of educational technology sure because did. of the pandemic. Right. Now, well, seriously, being a musician, now I have, a, a, I think, a great question. Did you have anything to do with those situations because of the delay? I know a lot of my colleagues and friends that are teachers, they were having the worst time because of the delay. You couldn't hold like a music class. Does that make sense? Or oh, a, dan yeah. a dance class. Or a dance um, class. Yeah. I, Roxy had the same problem with dancing. It was so difficult. Well, let me uh, pat the other people in my field on the back. I know initially, and I'll use my church as an example. My church used to have a very engaging musical program mm -hmm. and involved a lot of singing and and when the zoom calls started it became increasingly difficult to listen to and to participate in because everybody was singing at, at a different time right yeah. so yeah. but what i have learned from some of my sort of quasi professional musician friends is that there's been a lot of advancement and there are certain tools they can use that can ameliorate the delay mm -hmm. and people can do like live performances of music from different locations, or at least they were getting close to that right. uh, by the time the restrictions went back yeah. or went off and they could get back together again. But latency is an issue mm -hmm. uh, with network stuff. And unfortunately for people who are engaged in live synchronous timing sensitive activities, uh, Zoom and Meet are not great tools for that. Yeah. Right. Well, I remember like halfway through the summer, I was doing Zoom virtual dance classes through my Honey Taps dance group. And the delay was insane in the beginning. And I mean, don't even get me started as a dancer looking at the screen and seeing the person starting kicking their right leg, but it's actually their left leg. And then me trying to figure out, okay, which leg do I kick? But anyway, that's besides the point. We got instructions like halfway through the summer about how to make the delay a little bit less. It was still there, but it was less. And I, I have them somewhere saved on my computer. So yeah, I, I definitely noticed that as time went on, things were being developed to help with that, which I thought was really great. And then I just, speaking with some of the people at the dance studio I taught at recently, they went through an entire uh, recital on Zoom. And somehow, I don't know if it was software they had to buy or whatever, but they ended up figuring out a way to make it so there was no delay, all via Zoom. It was yeah. Incredible. Yeah. No, Incredible. I, I do know there is a bunch of companies, because one I used to work for actually mm -hmm. musically, they didn't deal with any of that stuff, but they immediately jumped on it to yeah. try to make some money off of it. Yeah. And they've created their own program now. So 
they can actually rehearse in real time. Some people I mentioned that they figured out a way to reduce the latency and mm -hmm. other people went the other route, which was each individually record their portion using a click track right. or, yep. or whatever or the drums, and then somebody would stitch them together after the fact. And Yeah, I did a project like that in January. Yeah. 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 Well, even podcasting, same kind of thing. Now, we because when we first were going to start this, we got so much advice. We did a lot. We tried to do a lot of homework on it. And we heard all these different types. And, well, I believe the Speaking of Tangents podcast, they used to do it this way. Jason Fuse and KJ went into it with us about, and actually I think it was Cool Aunt Claire that actually mm -hmm. gave me the lesson on it, so to speak. But it was based on their podcast where they would all record individually and they would have to, Jason would do like a countdown of some sort so that he could then get all the files and line them up properly and stuff like that. It's just, it's, yeah. it's pretty complicated. It's interesting. Yeah. Anyway. And it's all acknowledging that technology can fail at any time for mm -hmm. any reason. <laughs> and you're just trying to uh, minimize sure. the potential problems you're going to experience. So. Okay. And so without going on a 15 minute rant here, as we almost actually need to take a break here, I go through the same thing in chat groups on Facebook all the time about musicians and pit musicians who now basically make me feel like I'm 80 by claiming, wait, what do you mean you use a actual physical book score to read the show off of? <laughs> They're claiming everything is digital now, which it is a lot. You'll go and even to the Broadway pits here in New York and you'll see the conductor have like an iPad on the music stand. Mm -hmm. That's it. Just an iPad. And he's doing the whole show off the iPad and most of the musicians now. And I keep saying to them, I go, so what happens the day when it doesn't work like or in the middle of the show, you're playing a song in the middle of a song mm -hmm. and it just shuts off. Well, it's battery operate. You know, the, I said, no, 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 but it could happen. It could just break. It could just shut off. What do you do? And they're like, well, that'll never happen. You know, and it, I'm like, <laughs> OK, I'm That's not saying it naive. has happened or it. <laughs> It, or even the percentages is high. I mean, it's probably like a 0 0.10 something percent that it would happen. But still, it just blows my mind. And the same thing with the page turn now. They have these foot pedals for the computer screen so for to turn the page. And I mean, it just, it's, yeah. it's a get off my lawn moment. It really is. Because <laughs> I used to have to figure out how to like put the drumstick under my arm. And so I'd have a free hand while I'm still playing to have the free hand to turn the page. And I get that's what technology's for and it's to help us. And But to me, that was fun to figure that out. When I was a young professor, that was when they still had, you remember in school, you had the, the light box that was very bright and they'd put the transparencies on and it would yes, be, oh, yeah. uh, project onto the screen. Yeah. <laughs> overhead um, project. Overhead head projector yeah. right uh -huh. yeah uh -huh. and so when i went to my first conference as a professor uh, my advisor reminded me of something that we had to do when i was in grad school which is you had to have transparencies in case the computer didn't work right mm -hmm. and so it did happen one time at at a conference that i had the system was down and broken and everyone else is looking around, not knowing what to do. And I said, I'll go first and took my transparencies out. And everybody looked at me like I <laughs> a mixture of uh, this guy's a super genius. And, uh -huh. you know, how old are you? Yeah, right, right. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and just to give you a, a quick idea of what kind of student I was, I was always the, the smart ass kid that would sneak my fingers up there and try to like create shadow dot. What do you call those shadow animals and yeah. stuff like that? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and, yeah, that was me. And I'm certain the teacher never caught you. Oh, never, never. I mean, you know, I was so slick and 
probably why I never learned anything because I was probably out in the hallway after yeah. <laughs> during every class. Right. All right. On that note, uh, Jeff, believe it or not, we're going to take a quick break. We got so much more to get into, so we're not even going to ask if you can come back. So, all right, all you loyal littles, we'll be right back. This is Ed Butt from Frankfurt, Michigan. Stormcloud Brewing is our de facto community center. It's where I first met the woman who should remain nameless. It's also a place where I've met so many littles that Rick Schmidt, the head honcho at Stormcloud, was curious and started listening to the Tony Kornheiser show. So he's now a little too and is co-hosting Summer of Littles 3.1. With a backstory like that, how could you not come and visit us? So go to summeroflittles.com for details and to RSVP. No code is necessary. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And we are lucky enough to be here with Jeff Kenton. And Jeff, we got your background. Now we know from you were in Iowa and now you're in Maryland teaching, which is kind of exciting. But we, the important thing we didn't get to now, you said you've been in Maryland for how long? Since 2002. It's coming up on 20 years. Oh, well, so. congratulations. And yeah. uh, But what we want to know is where does your fandom lie? Are you a Hawkeye or where, where's your fandoms? <laughs> I'm uh, an Iowa State Cyclone as far as uh, college oh, right. sports goes. There are reasons that I could get into off air for why. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's just lay, leave it at I'm an Iowa State fan. Okay. Well, we, uh, we could record college. that. And then if we ever have like a Patreon page where we could offer that up. <laughs> the Patreon <laughs> listeners. Anyway, go ahead. It might be useful for somebody to know these things. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I'm an Iowa State fan. Iowa State basketball fan. More than anything else, even though they've had their troubles the last couple of years. And then it's kind of strange where Iowa State football used to be the punching bag of the Big 8 and the Big 12, that all of a sudden they hire Matt Campbell and they were in the hunt for the national championship last year or yeah. two years ago. So it's just, uh, it's crazy. And but, now what about professional? Because they're, correct me if I'm wrong, there are no professional teams in Iowa, correct? For any sport. There are, there are none in Iowa. Well, okay. There's a AAA Cubs affiliate well, in Des Moines. Right. Yep. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. But uh, I was a Chicago Cubs baseball fan, a Minnesota Vikings football fan hmm. before I moved out here. And now I'm – because unless you pay for the sport package, which I'm not particularly fond of doing, you can't hear sports that are right. out of your region that yep. easily. So I'm a Ravens fan and an Orioles fan, and I'm not a Wizards fan because I don't really like professional basketball. But gotcha. Though I was, I did watch the. I was in Wisconsin when Milwaukee won the championship, and I was flying out of Milwaukee on the next day, and I was nervous that celebration might get a little raucous. Right. So thankfully, <laughs> was very contained. Oh, good. Oh, that is good. <laughs> But that's yeah. kind of exciting. I mean, who would have, yeah. you know, especially on a random thing. Now, I'd like to go back, though, because there must have been something. Was it a player or why did you go to the Cubs for baseball, but the Vikings for football? Why not the Bears or, you know, why not the Twins? Well, I like watching baseball on TV. And so WGN from Chicago was on gotcha. pretty much every Midwestern cable package. Mm hmm. And so they used to do the daytime Cubs games. And so it was really easy to follow them. And I'm a Vikings fan because, I don't know, when I was a kid, I'm sure that a lot of rabid fans know that the Vikings went to the Super Bowl four times and lost yeah. four times. Yep. And that was about when I was growing up. And so I think 
having a local team that does really good when you're young, like less than 10 or whatever, tends to attach you to that team. And even though the Bears won in 85, I was 14 then, and I, I think I was excited that an NFC, I guess at the time they were in the Central, NFC yeah. Central. I was excited that they were from the same conference, but I was a Vikings fan pretty hardcore until 2002 or three when I moved out and it was harder to watch their game. So yeah, totally understand. Now, when did you start listening to Tony? Was it after you made the move? Yeah, there was uh, really no way for me to hear him. They sure. they had started the internet show in 98, 99, maybe. And my brother at that time was a more committed fan. He knew Tony, knew of Tony and listened to the internet show. And I would sometimes listen to that. And then when I moved out to Maryland, I could get, what was he on, WTOP or something, Hmm. or TSP? I don't remember what the, but it was on a station that I could get at my house. And so as I'm puttering around the house doing errands or whatever, I'd listen to the radio show. And then when he left radio, he announced that he was considering doing a podcast. And then I listened to the podcast since like the first episode. And now did you ever make it down to chatter and stuff like that? Yes. Yeah. A lot of interesting things happened around my visit to chatter. That's how I met Claire Natola. <laughs> okay. She's the first person I saw when I came in the door. It, it was like all of a sudden there's, you know, this person's for real. And I, yeah, <laughs> and it, yeah, we're still not sure out, actually. <laughs> turned out that Claire used to live not too far from Towson and would drive down there when she would go down, which I thought was kind of interesting. But when I went to Chatter, I met Claire, and then that was the Jingle Fest. I think that they've talked about the story where uh, Jamie, Julian, and Robert met yep. at Jingle oh, Fest. Yeah. Unfortunately, Chatter went away, but I, when he announced when they were at the undisclosed location that they were going to buy a restaurant, I've known quite a few people who've tried to own restaurants, and I kind of mentally put it in my head that I have to go down there as soon as possible because... Uh. Yeah. They're probably not going to survive. It's just the, you know, it's not a mark against anybody on the ownership team. It's just really hard to run yeah. a restaurant. Sure. I wish we would have known so. you back then because I, <laughs> I, on the other hand, thought, how can this not fail? You know, a <laughs> podcast studio and a restaurant. And just knowing how popular his podcast is, I was like, oh, well, this is going to last forever. And every time we tried to like make a plan to go down, because I only get like one day off a week. So it's kind of tricky. And it just unfortunately never happened, of course, because we're like, ah, we'll do it next month or whatever. And just next month became next year. And it just never happened, unfortunately. Another combination that seems like it should be a, you know, no lose proposition is a brew pub because, you know, you make your own beer. And so what I was told from several people who owned and, and worked in brew pubs is that it's not the beer that brings people in. So if your food isn't top notch, then your brew pub will fail. There's a lot of things involved that you don't really consider from the outside before you get into it and learn the hard way. A lot of times there's no way to, and the margins are are really thin and it's a tough tough. gig. I salute anyone who, who owns a restaurant or a catering company because there's like 10,000 things that can go wrong at any minute and it's a hard way to make money. Yeah. Now, since we've deep dived into chatter, a little bit. Now, going back to your mural out in Iowa, do you know, were those artists paid for that or how did that work? <laughs> That was the Corn Palace in South Dakota. Yeah. 
Yeah, I believe that person has what they call a stipend. Okay, gotcha. And if you are a fan of Spinal Tap, that they define stipend as an amount of money so small you can't measure it. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, Roxy and I know what those are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's her. The person, I think, is also called the artist in residence, and so they do other things in the theme of going and doing clinics. And yeah. So quick two things I wanted to get into now. So you did say you had a couple emails right on the show. Is there anything funny or anything there? No, I'm a huge nerd, and <laughs> uh, they were about uh, me planning my trip down to Chatter since it was going to be the end of June. And so I was asking him, and this was maybe late April or early May prior. And I said, I know you guys go on vacation, but are you going to be taping on this day? Because I plan to be in town. And it turned out to be the, the day after Jingle Fest was over. And I didn't know if they were going to do a show after Jingle Fest or not. And so Tony called me out by name. He said, Jeff, no. <laughs> 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 he, he said it even, it was like the first thing he did on the episode. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I think it was just to let people know what their schedule yeah, was right. For, right. for that week. A lot of people were intending to come and right. they just wanted to let people know what their thoughts were. Sure. Right. Oh my God, so, that's funny. <laughs> and then the other one I wanted to go back to real quick because of where you grew up, because of, you know, we both grew up like in the middle of nowhere. Uh, yeah. Did you go to camp as a kid? Oh, sure. Yeah. I went to uh, 4-H camp a couple years. It was a, a week-long sleepaway adventure. And then when I was older, I went to Boy Scout camp. Mm -hmm. And I was a co camp counselor for a couple of years oh, also. Neat. All right. Well, Jeff, believe it or not, we're almost out of time. And as most people know on the Loyal Littles podcast, we can't let you go without asking at least a few fun, dumb questions, if that's okay. Of course. Um, I'd like to know, and I'm going old school here for a second. What's a special hidden talent that you have that no one knows about? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I don't know that people don't know it about me, but I mean, nobody asked me to do it, but I can fix pretty much anything. Oh, <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. I used to work as a tech support guy, and my first job was in an academic research lab where these really old computers with special built-to-purpose boards to run specific pieces of equipment. I mean, it was a never-ending, depending on your attitude toward technology, is either a never-ending nightmare or a never-ending exciting challenge, but uh, yeah... Okay, it's, well, now we know, you know who to I, call, but my other question is, is, are we just talking technology or can you fix a leak? I know how to fix leaks and leaky All pipes. Right. So, yeah. Awesome. So you can sure. do everything. That's excellent. Yeah. All right. What do you think is the greatest invention of all time? Greatest invention of all time. Roxy, I think you should answer this too. Well, there's a guy who, he's a Midwestern guy. His name's Norman Borlaug. Mm-hmm. And he was instrumental in, I believe, bringing cultivation technology for wheat to people all over the globe. And they suggested that he was thus able to extend or allow life of like a billion people. Wow. So I think 
the ability to do agriculture at scale, I think that's probably the, the best invention. That's that's, that's an amazing answer. Great answer. Because I'm like sitting here going air conditioning. Me, I'm sitting here going <laughs> a refrigerator freezer that has yeah. an ice maker. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, and The other thing is that when the clampdown started or happened with the pandemic, you notice that a lot of stores just wound up with nothing. Yeah. And I don't know that it was necessarily because a lot of people went to buy extra stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that it just interrupted the supply chain enough yeah. that there were empty shelves. Yeah. And so, you know, we live in a society that is entirely reliant on telecommunications and transportation logistics. Mm-hmm. And if it breaks down even a little, everyone's going to know. So That's a great answer. That is, because my... Even my backup answer wasn't anything like that. I think it was indoor plumbing, probably. (laughs) Right. Well, just because, you know, we're just wrapping these up, kind of, if you could be in an Olympic athlete, in what sport would you compete? I've always said uh, biathlon because I'm not a good cross-country skier, but the the thing that appeals to me is that they stop every so often to shoot targets with a a rifle, and I Mm. thought that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Biathlon, Nice. Yeah. We're still going to find someone, Roxy, who's going to say break dancing. I know it. I can, I can feel it. I don't know it. about that. I can that. feel it. Anyway. <laughs> All right. A couple more. Roxy, what do you got? Uh, what is your favorite time of day? Oh, I used to say morning, but lately it's more like evening, not late night, but the time right after dinner when everybody's kind of chilled out and yeah. relaxing. And I used to like morning because I had the house to myself before mm-hmm. people woke up. But I think this uh, pandemic has kind of changed my attitude a lot and I appreciate being around people a little bit more than I used to. So, all right. These have gone way too serious. If you could be, (laughs) if you could be a cartoon character for a week, who would it be? Oh boy. Um, (laughs) I hope that means it's a good question. (laughs) I would probably be Rick from Rick and Morty. Okay. Oh, okay. Great. I don't know that one very well, but we've actually had that, right? I think someone's answered I think we have. Morty, actually, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anyway. But well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to meet the littles. Believe it or not, we're almost out of time. But before we head out, though, is there anything we need to plug for you? Uh, you're on Twitter and all that stuff, right? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at J Kenton, J letter, K-E-N-T-O-N. All right. And well, as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. If you could live in any TV home, what would it be? Ooh, Roxy mixing it up. I like oh, it. TV home. You know, I really used to like the show Bosom Buddies. Oh, yes. I think living in the apartment with, with the two guys and having to dress up as a woman to get in and get out, that would probably be seem to me like a pretty Fun crazy time. challenge oh. to do every day. Old school. <laughs> I like it. Old school. Yeah. And no one ever remembers the non-Tom Hanks guy. Uh, I'm trying Peter to... Scolari. Peter Scolari. Thank you. And, and actually, big time Broadway actor, Peter Scolari. A lot of people don't know yeah. that. He, later in life, he's now done a ton of... He did um, Not Burning in the Bronx. That was the ESPN special. There was a Broadway show. It played Circle in the Square Theater, and it, ha- it had to do with the Yankees. And it was really clever. I know I'm about to go off on this crazy tangent, but I'll be, be quick. It was great. It was a great show. It didn't last very long. Uh, I'll have to look it up. So when we... Uh, get a chance I'll bring it up to everyone's attention but it was really great it basically was what would happen one of the scenes just an example it was the day after Billy Martin pulled Reggie Jackson out of right field in Fenway Park and they got in that big fight in the dugout do you remember that (laughs) 
Okay. Well, the the play actually took place with Billy and Reggie come up to their hotel room the day after. I mean, how brilliant is that to like think like, oh, I wonder what happened the day after that. And let's write a play about it. I just thought it was really clever and it was really good. Yeah. And it was, it was a good time. And the actors were great. And Pito Scolari played, um, did he play Yogi Berra? Who did he play? I can't remember who he played in the, I'll have to look it up. But great time. But anyway. He's also, on, a, he's also on the current show called Evil. Oh, is he? He's the, the main character, David, is a... I watched that show. Peter Scolari is his supervisor. Oh my gosh, I'll have to... Now, I haven't seen that in forever, and I know it came back on... Uh, is it Peacock Plus? Or... No, the C... Is that the C... No, it's on, it's on something like Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Like that's the right... You're correct. You are correct. And so I'm going to have to catch up on that, because that's not Roxy's bag. Nope. She will not watch that with me. I love the show. That was one I really disappointed when they took it off, but now that I was happy that Paramount picked it up, so that's great. And I think there's five or six episodes in season two so far, and then they're off until August 29th. So oh, okay. All right. You got some time to catch up. I will definitely resume. catch up because I really, really enjoyed that show. Well, Jeff, thanks again for coming on and meeting all the loyal littles. We really appreciate the time. I appreciate you allowing me to, to participate. <laughs> of course. Any little at littles, reach out to us. WTFC podnet at gmail.com. We want to meet you all. So... Thanks again, Jeff, and all you loyal listeners will be right back. Hi, this is Jeff Turner, one of your Boca Raton, Florida hosts for Summer of Littles 3.1. Come on out to Tap 42 on August 7th to celebrate with me, Danny Feynman, and other Littles from South Florida. Head on over to summeroflittles.com and RSVP so we know you're coming. Now back to Chuck and Roxy and the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. Thank you, Jeff, for coming on. Some more great stories. Now, we are going to add, uh, first things first, I'm going to add, he sent me this great video from the corn murals he's talking about and the corn, is it the Corn Palace, I think it's called? I think so, yep. So Mm -hmm. we're going to try to post those links because you really all should see those. It's so fascinating. It is really fascinating. And it's, I mean, we're artists, so of course it's very intriguing to us. I think they should have done a corn mural at Chatter. And I think it would still be open if they did that. Because, I mean, this is like... (laughs) Now, he sent us a video, a YouTube video of the farmer who grows the corn. Yep. I did not realize... And how much corn he needs to grow per type of corn. Right. Because each type is a different color and that's how they create these murals Mm -hmm. and depending on what the design is going to be that year it will determine like you said it's like a paint by numbers type of thing it'll determine how much the farmer has to grow it's Mm -hmm. so fast simon you have to check that out too we'll we'll post that and then what i was looking for (laughs) littles it was the, the the broadway play i was talking about starring peter scolari was bronx bombers it's just called the bronx bombers that's it. Very fascinating play. I mean, there were definitely better parts than others. That I was did that Circle and Square, right? Yeah, it was a Circle mm-hmm. and Square. I did a deep dive. Hello, also starring Christopher Jackson hey. as Derek Jeter. Whoa. Yeah, I, had, I forgot about that. So I saw him too. Loyal little Christopher Jackson, from yeah. what we understand. If uh, you're listening, come to Summer com, of Little. Come to Hurley's this Saturday, first 3. of all. 3.1. Yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> all right. and uh, But for those of you who have never seen it, I don't think it's done around in regional theaters very much, probably, because I feel like it was, I don't know. I I've mean, the Yankees are a very popular it. baseball team. 
But I mean, it's got everyone. It's got Lou Gehrig, Babe Ruth, Joe DiMaggio, Reggie Jackson, Thurman Munson, Billy Martin, Mickey Mantle. They're all in the show. Oh, and then Peter Scolari. I was right, uh, Littles. I believe I had that. He played Yogi Berra in the Broadway uh, production. Yeah, to be clear, they're not actually in the I know. show. They're <laughs> characters in the okay. show. Okay. That's a, that's a, a show. Did I say they're in the show? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, it was so real, and they did yeah. such a good job. <laughs> And like I said, I mean, it's all these, like, if you were a fly on the wall in some situations. Yeah. I mean, like I said in the interview, a play opens with they're in Thurman Munson's hotel room. And he invites Billy, because Thurman's the captain, and he invites Billy Martin and uh, Reggie Jackson up to his hotel room so they can, like, talk this out. You know, because they obviously got in that big fight. Anyway, it's really clever. Really clever how they did it. Speaking of baseball... Why don't we get into some softball talk? Oh, boy. <laughs> no, because I, I, you know, we, we read the, the tweets mm-hmm. and the emails, and we got a lot of feedback on the softball Olympics stuff. So real quick, so Simon, I believe we heard from yeah, one of I've our co-hosts. Yeah, I've got some feedback for you. Not from me, but from, <laughs> from a little tiny, tiny, tiny Chuck. Little tiny, tiny um, Chuck. Yeah, he says this. Chuck, I think you're overreacting on the softball field. A. Not all countries take the sports as serious as the U.S. does. Remember when the NFL went to Mexico and they wouldn't play because the field was so bad? Mm-hmm. And two, Wait, the U.S. A and two? Come on. Of course. Come on, He's, he's, he's mocking me. Well, he can go. Well, anyway, continue. But did, not my, well, well, my question is. I also is, added in the. Mm-hmm. You did. Okay. I was oh, wondering if that was him that or was if you good. added that That was good. That was really no, good. I, I was just adding in a bit of color to it. Okay. I love it. And two, B. The U.S. dominates so much in softball that I don't think they're even going to have it as an Olympic sport anymore. So, yes, maybe they shouldn't have had it in the first place. Wow. Very Ooh. well done. We're going to have to have you read more often, Round Simon. of applause for that was, Simon. That was fantastic. No, it's, it's fair. I mean, I guess maybe I did overreact. I'm just trying to – I feel like the, the, I feel like the women's – Softball shouldn't be an afterthought. That's all I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the same thing, I guess, if it was men's. But I guess maybe that's why it's so irritating to me because I just feel like they got shortchanged. Anyway, yeah. we have lots of other feedback about this. Bob Sproul writes in, my two cents, staging the Olympic softball competition on a tricked up baseball diamond seems to me to be a way of the IOC and the Tokyo organizers saying, we don't think very highly of you, the athletes or your sport. Very Bush League. Uh, he, he agrees with me. That's all I care about. Um, <laughs> Joe Maloney writes in, Chuck was bang on about the Olympic softball. Such a horrible look with that field, almost like it was an afterthought. Wait, what? We're doing baseball and softball? So that's what I'm talking bang about. Bang on. Now, some people were counter, like Tiny Chuck. Elito Olshansky wrote in, for what it's worth, the New York City 2012 bid called for playing Olympic softball at Staten Island Yankee Stadium. So basically he's saying like the same thing would have happened if they played it here. Right. So I'm going to say this right now. I'm glad we didn't get the Olympics hmm. because that's, that's, that's terrible. But that would have been cool. We could have rode the ferry, yes, which I is know. still free. We could have gone to the Staten Island Yankee Stadium and then we could have gone, hopped over to my old stomping grounds, <laughs> Ruddy and Dean's for a drink and then hop back on the that's ferry all Roxy cares and take about. a photo op in front of the Statue of Liberty. That's now, pretty great. I don't know why they just don't. I think Central Park would be the perfect place. They oh, could have gotten so one fun. of Hexer ball fields and just shut down the other four mm-hmm. and just built a wall yeah. out there. Oh, that would have been so great. That would have been so cool. That would have been so amazing. I mean, uh, and, and we live right there. And we live right there. 
it would have been annoying for other, you know, softball players because they would have it literally closed down the entire yeah, park. But and the for security. the Olympics, it's like, I think you can yeah. deal with having a game or two off. You know, it looked like everyone was having fun. Yeah, so that's true. So at the end of the day, they all enjoyed playing. I so guess. What's, what's the problem here? That's you know? true. Also, I was Good reading point. something about it because you're so obsessed with it that, <laughs> you know, talking about how actually it, it's an interesting perspective because you can see the differences between softball and baseball because they all play in the same field. So it actually gives you a different sort of respect for both sports because they are so different that when you see them separate from each other, you can be like, oh, softball is this or baseball is that. And then, you know, you map them onto each other. It gives you more of a perspective of each of the sports. So I thought that was interesting. Simon, coming in hot with I these, know, right? with the these hot little... Takes. This is great. And we don't normally do this, but I was lurking, as we say, on Twitter. And this wasn't at us, but Jen Babish did tweet, there is a professional softball league in Japan. And see, this is how oblivious I am. I did not realize that. And apparently someone else, I think it was Bob Sproul or someone else said they believe a lot of the U.S. players play in that league. Um, Well, aren't there... What's that movie about the... League of Their Own? No, like the baseball players who play over in Bad News Bears? No. Oh, <laughs> what yes, is that? they went to Japan. <laughs> Terrible movie. Is, wait, Terrible that, movie, though. Is, that's what happens, though, right? Or was that just for the movie's sake? I think that was just... For, I, don't, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but yes, I believe well, they went to Japan. because we have people from other countries get recruited and play oh, sure. MLB here. Oh, there's a lot of Japanese so, players that play in Major well, League MLB. Well, right, but then wouldn't it be the opposite to like i have no idea i would honestly, u.s players go i guess over maybe there or i don't know i should to, we should look know. into this i should do some homework since i'm so passionate about it and, yeah chuck you know i don't know i just <laughs> look i just wanted the women to have a fair shake and play on a real softball field mm-hmm. that's all i was trying to say i just think it's the olympics i think there's a lot of money to be made with commercials and advertising yeah. I just can't believe that they can't find, especially now I'm even more mad knowing that there is a Japanese league. Yeah. Now maybe it's not right in Tokyo, but I don't know, but maybe there's gotta be a a field. And apparently from what I was also reading on Twitter and all these other places was that basically they said, if you want these two sports played in the Olympics, you have to share a field. Oh, softball and And baseball. baseball. Right. So, I mean, and obviously it makes more sense to be on a baseball field because softball fields are smaller. It wouldn't make sense for the other way. I get that. I mean, that's like playing soccer on a football field or football on a soccer field. Right, sort of, yeah. I guess. Well, they play soccer and football on a baseball field. Right. They just, yeah. And that's what really grinds my gears. (laughs) Anyway, all right, that'll be the end of it. What else do you guys like going on the Olympics? I've been watching, trying to watch different sports throughout. So I've watched shooting, archery, let's see, the hammer throw, the long jump, the pole vault. Oh, it's so, so much fun. <laughs> so much. Well, you know what? We had a full week of gymnastics. The All gymnastics, right, you know, is, has just finished. Right. The swimming, I believe, has just finished. Yep. I do love watching the diving. The synchronized diving is really mm-hmm. cool. Simon, the you just had... Dressage, you know, the dancing horses. That's oh, always fun. Yeah. yeah, I did watch Equestrian. They were doing cross country, and I didn't know that was a thing with horses. Okay, but when do we get to the breakdancing? That's what I, I want to know. I don't know if that's happening this Olympics. Wait, I is thought that I, happening? I thought I read that it was 2024. What? Yeah. I could have sworn it was this coming this Olympics. Now I'm kind of bummed. Yeah. Simon, you got anything special on the Olympics? What are you watching? 
Well, now I'm Googling breakdancing Olympics. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, while you're doing that, Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at WTFCpodnet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at Loyal Littles Pod. We're also on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget to run over to iTunes and Apple Podcasts and give us a nice rate and review. And oh, one other thing. Roxy doesn't even know about this. We got a really sweet email from KJ. So, quick shout out. No, what, we did, did. I got it too. Oh, you got it too? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you Yeah, didn't we me. haven't had a chance to talk about it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. anyway, yeah. KJ, thank you so much. Yeah, she that was just saying hi. Really nice. She was yeah. just saying hi, but yeah. that was nice. And, Loved um, it. Yeah. Loved it. All right, Simon, what do you got? I still have three years to qualify for Team GB's breakdancing. What? So, so it is next one. Yeah. I, yeah, it's in Paris. Yeah, I can do Whoa. this. Oh, you can It's do not that. over yet. Simon, you know uh, I used to breakdance, right? <laughs> He well, did. I'll see you at Paris 2024 then. <laughs> <laughs> USA. USA. <laughs> all right, all you loyal littles. Thanks for listening. We can't go without saying it one last time. Please, this Saturday, get there. Anywhere. Summer of, Summer of Littles. Littles. Just go to virtual, one. Virtual, in virtual, person. Virtual, in person. We've Just got all the options. Go to all of them. I should say Bob has all the options. Yes, Bob has all the options. We can't even give the biggest, best shout out to Bob Walsh for yeah. all his work on this. This has just been incredible. We are looking so forward to it. One more time, Roxy. How do they do it? You go to summeroflittles.com. And then you go to the RSVP page. So please RSVP. It's very important so that us hosts, uh, so us and Maeve, know how many people are coming. <laughs> to Hurley's. To Hurley's. <laughs> Simon, you're going to be there, right? Uh, guys, what are you talking about? Summer <laughs> Shut your face. I'm kidding. Simon's oh. going to be there. Ritz is going to be there. It's going to be a good time. I know we already have a decent turnout, but we'd love more. And all- I may have so- have a really cute accessory. Oh, too. she has a great. She has a pair of earrings. I'm going to tell him what it is. I'm not going to tell him exactly what it okay. is. But she has a pair of earrings. earrings that you're going to want to come to to Summer of Littles to see. And for those that can't make it, I will be sure to take a picture. Oh, we're going to post pictures. But in all seriousness get to any summer of littles it's going to be so much fun as long as it's safe we know there's been some venues that have had to alternate or alter their plans and some have had to cancel unfortunately and we totally understand there is that virtual there is that virtual option i'm sure will be so much fun you could sit on your couch and i'm I'm even signed up for it because i think i i'm i'm hoping i'm going to be able to do it because i'm only going to do that well i think it's okay because i think because i'm going to be at the theater for most of it unfortunately so i'm going to go over on my dinner break to start it Right. And get things rolling, and God, then, then, then I'm going to hop on the virtual, yeah. and we'll take cool. it from there. So, cool, cool. Well, Simon, we're finally going to see you. Big Saturday, big show, big coming out party, and oh, yeah. then we're going to Hurley. So, yep. all right. And as always, if you're out shopping online tonight, yeah, use, use the, code. the code. You guys are millionaires from that code use now, aren't you? We don't have a code. No, we don't have a code. <laughs> <laughs> well, all this time I said use the code. We I don't the code have was one. Like helping you. No, we're, no, the code is for Tony.
podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, yeah.